ladies and gentlemen, uh, my name is Douglas Muir. I am the CEO and founder of the Family Business Fund. We are honored to have Peter Horrigan here uh, on set, but he's actually at a remote place. And uh, Peter is um, the CEO and co-founder of Gray Swan Digital, which develops the technology behind Plasticurve. Plasticurve was developed to transform financial risks into opportunities opportunities for returns, which we like now, diversification, which I always talk about, and social benefit, which is very interesting. I'd like to know on, on how the social benefit will be. Peter turned his attention to crypto industry in 2014, which I was just telling him I actually bought one at 18,000. So uh, I look like a genius at this point in time. We'll see what happens. Attending to the first Ethereum meetup, which I also like that, and going to participate in the Ethereum presale, which, uh, Peter, that's, uh, that's a mouthful. That's, that's a lot. Tell me a little bit about what your company does. Uh, what we're working on right now, the actual name of the company is Outcome Trading, uh, and uh, we've uh, rebranded it essentially because of what we're creating. Uh, our platform essentially allows someone to create their own customized derivative using just a drag and drop just a drag and drop technology so it's very visual and you create the outcome that you would want if the underlying asset in this case say bitcoin moves to a particular place uh and then what we'll do is tell you what it's going to cost you in terms of collateral in terms of premium to do that trade so essentially what we say is you trade outcomes not instruments and it's very visual wow people will understand what they're doing when they do it um my, my business, business partner said when he started playing around with the demo and he doesn't come from trading, he said after about 15 or 20 minutes, all of a sudden it became, it clicked. And we kind of liken it to kind of riding a bicycle because once you kind of get a feel for how the wheels move and everything, uh, it, it just, uh, it works and you'll, and you get a real, a real intuitive sense of it. Is this retail or is this more uh, for um, institutionals? So this is going to be on uh, in, in a in a decentralized setting, uh, and um, so I think the users, I think I think our our initial group of users will probably be people that are interested in either hedging or speculating in the crypto markets, but we're trying to build it so that it's uh, easy to start an index in anything. Um, so I think we'll, I guess over time, we'll get to see who the users are. And I think probably in the first incarnation, it's probably going to be outside the U.S. just for regulatory reasons. So what, tell us a little bit about crypto at a very, at a very high level. Ex explain what that is. Everyone is, you know, it's like smoke and mirrors to people. I mean, I, th I think that when people think of it, the first thing they think of is is Bitcoin. Um, and, and I think in terms and I, I mean, when I think of it, it, I think of it less in terms of the, you know, the actual technological underpinnings, uh, some of which I understand, some of which I don't. And I'm not the person to have described that. But I just think in terms of the actual scarcity of the asset, you've created a something something where they gotten rid of the double spend program or the double spend problem and where you actually have a scarce form of money that nobody's printing any more of which obviously we've we've come to understand some of the value of that recently where do you think this is going to be in 15 to 20 years 
So I'm, I mean, where I hope it's going to be is a, uh, you know, a, a new monetary system and a new financial system that people can, can use and that people around the world can have access to. Um, one that isn't controlled by, you know, the, the government institutions. I think we definitely need to get money out of the hands of the government. And I think we definitely need to allow more people around the world to have, you know, to be included in this, in this system. So I think what we're seeing is the emergence, a messy emergence of, of a new financial system. Um, how are you protecting your investments now in this volatile market? Well, so I got, I kind of dove headfirst into, well, I didn't dive headfirst. I guess I tipped, dipped a toe and then eventually I kind of, uh, you know, uh, went all the way in. And so I've been in the crypto space for a while and uh, putting a decent amount of uh, my net worth in that area, uh, which has been extremely volatile, right? And, but uh, if you get in early enough, then you're, you're kind of been, been lucky with that. Um, but I think, in, you know, you Obviously, you want to have a certain level of diversification like everyone else. I mean, I'm not heavily in the stock market. It's just more, I mean, kind of more real estate and crypto for me and some and cash. But I mean, my I, I wouldn't recommend, you know, you know, my techniques on anyone. I'm kind of strange. <laughs> I come from options trading and I got into this weird crypto world. And I don't know that uh, I don't know that I necessarily recommend it because the ups and downs can be a little bit uh, can be a little bit scary. And do you think that volatility will kind of, if it gets attached to some kind of a monetary unit, do you think that that volatility will stop swinging? I think it will to some extent, but I think we've got a while to go. People, a lot of people, for years I've heard people complaining about the volatility in the crypto space. Um, but, you know, at the same time, some of the people who are, who are complaining about the speculation and the volatility are the people saying this is going to replace the dollar. This is the emergence of a new financial system. And it's like, well, I don't know how you can say we're going to have this brand new system that is going to overtake everything without some people speculating on it and without some people yeah. thinking I've got to get in. And then what's going down thinking I've got to get out and you're going to end up with that level of volatility. So. I think that volatility in the space is here for a while. I don't, I don't think we're, we're getting real close to that ending. So you were at the CME. Yeah. Do you think crypto will ever hit the New York, I was on the New York Stock Exchange, the New York Stock Exchange, the CME. Do you ever think it'll be publicly traded? Uh, so you mean in terms of like on a regulated platform like that? Yes, on a regulated on a regulated platform. Yes. Yeah, I, I do. I do think eventually it's happening. I mean, I mean, if you look at kind of what you know where the field has gone and how far it has kind of seeped into the institutional space, or how yeah. much more it's been accepted. I mean, you know, it, it, it's this thing where the price. I mean, they always talk about like NGU technology, right? Number go up. Everyone talks about, oh, I'm interested in this and I'm, I'm interested in that. But then when you have a line that starts in the lower left corner and ends in the upper right corner, people become very interested. Absolutely. How, how does failure uh, you know, by experts impact us all? How, how does that work? I, I mean, this is one of the areas that we've kind of looked at in trying to actually develop something people can use for themselves. But I think when we just kind of uh, when you think about what experts have done 
over the last few years, I mean, we've all put a lot of faith in them. I mean, I think people forget one of the first things that the, I think it was the CDC or when it was the WHO said about COVID was, we think there's very little chance of human to human transmission, right? I mean, now those same experts then went on to say, well, we can't uh, use any of the COVID tests that are privately developed. You have to wait for ours. And then that took a long time and they just keep sort of falling over themselves all the way along. And then we've watched this happen in the economic sphere where they, we've had experts say, hey, we can, we can shut the economy down and then just restart it. There'll be no problem. And then that left us with all kinds of issues that we're still trying to sort out. And I think we'd sort, out, sort them out a lot better if they'd get out of the way. Are you invested at all in, in alternative uh, investments? Well, no, I've been heavily focused on, uh, you know, on my own, on my own project and yeah. on crypto and then, you know, just things like real estate that are pretty simple. Uh, so, uh, you know, so I think I'm, I think I'm uh, very boring in one area and then a little bit crazy in the other, um, which is kind of a barbell strategy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I need, but I need to be cautious in my other stuff because of the fact that I'm, you know, taking risks in other, in one other area. So I have a dear friend on the floor. He's the governor of the New York Stock Exchange. And he says that they're kind of removing the handhelds now, and it's more going to just pure algorithms. I couldn't believe it when I heard that. What do you see in the CMA? I mean, uh, trading in dollars and monies and crypto. What do you What do you see the future of that? That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, it's also kind of interesting because we're trying to build something that is sort of competitive with that approach. Yes. Right? So, um, I mean, I you know the CME. You know, I look, it was a great place for me to work and I had a lot of admiration for the institution. And I think that there's always a place for that large kind of large volume institution. But the focus there is on larger products and on standardized products. Um, and I think if you look at the history of derivatives, where it started as something that farmers could use to hedge themselves, and yeah, now it's yeah. primarily for financial instruments. Um, yeah. Financial instruments make more sense in the conventional derivatives market because their risk and return are very linear. And that's very easy to hook a derivative onto that and have a really close match to the risk. Yeah. Whereas if you look at risk in, I um, mean, you know, if you're like a Bitcoin miner, you have kind of a, a sort of a strange shaped risk. Um, also, I think uh, a lot of agriculture, things like real estate, these things do not have a purely linear risk curve. And so you need something that actually can, you, where you can create a, a customized curve that fits the actual risk someone has which is again one of the things we're working on so in, in closing what does the what does the whole uh, kind of investment world look like in 15 to 20 years it's going to be very interesting i mean are we going to end up in a in a future that's um you know that's that's very decentralized where people have to learn uh to use their own you know to use wallets that hook into kind of these sort of web3 interfaces and do yeah. their own uh, their own trade and their own custody of, of money. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to say because that is a challenge for people. Uh, and I think you, you see very few people actually want to take on the, the headaches of, of self-custody despite the, the big advantages of it. So I, I mean, it's, a, it's obviously a mystery because it's the future, right? But I do think that we are going to see <clears throat> that uh, more growth in that decentralized area as, as we go towards a, a new suite of products and a new suite of things that people can, can invest in and trade.
Well, that is Peter Harrigan. Thank you so much, sir, for all your expertise. We wish you the best. We're going to have Peter's uh, information uh, when we uh, end this. It's going to be scrolling down, so you can get in contact with him directly. We really appreciate your expertise. It's been great talking to another floor guy. We hope to see you soon. You've been watching Douglas Muir on Traditional Investing is Dead. We'll see you on the other side.